0: Welcome to this
1: week's episode of Don't Change the Subject. I'm your host Lorcan. And my name is Ed Withers and joining us this week is a very good friend of mine, a very long-standing friend of mine who I've known for over a decade, can you believe it? Um, Please welcome Alex Jamal to Don't Change the Subject.
2: Hello, all. Thank you
1: for having me here. Uh, Alex, you are based in York, am I right? Correct. Saying that like I don't know you, but yeah, you're, you're based in York. <laughs> Do you want to just tell us, tell us a little bit about what you're doing in your life right at this moment? Sure.
2: So I went back to uh, university uh, Gosh, in 2016, completed a degree in politics and international relations, uh, did an undergraduate degree in law, and now I'm doing applied human rights law as a master's that sounded very much like an introduction to university
1: challenge so um i'm going to be um paxman from now on and if i don't get the question answered within two seconds i'm going to say hurry up please hurry up and that's that's my paxman impression um we've had a bit of a wild week um in like we so so we we go through this um podcast preparation via a whatsapp message between each other and we've changed the topics probably about five or six times because at the start of the week when we were planning we were going to be talking about um i can't remember i think quasi Quarting was still chancellor like it's uh, soella braverman was still home secretary and liz trust was still prime minister it makes it very difficult to plan a politically themed podcast when things move so quickly however we have attempted to do that and our first topic, um, uh, talking about the eco protests that have been going on this week, the, the, the protests, um, uh, from the variety of organizations, we've got XR, we've got just stop oil, the Dartford crossing had, um, people remarkably high. I think, you know, for, for one thing I can just say, it's not, not a job for somebody with vertigo being up the top of the Dartford crossing. Um, they closed that for, for a couple of days. Um. And so back in the headlines is whether or not uh, eco-protesters should be doing what they're doing, whether they're doing it right. And my only thought on this, before I just chuck it out to you guys, is just how successful they are in terms of protests. I mean, I just keep reminding people that if the aim of these protests are to get people talking about the subject... Um, and to get people tweeting about them and, and re-amplifying the message, then then they're remarkably successful. You're
0: right. It does depend on, um, it's subject to a to measure of success, I suppose. Uh, in terms of disruption, that seems to be the go-to tactic for them because that's how they maximise attention. And you have to do that because if you do just walk down the street with a few placards, no one picks it up in the media. So instead of occupying the middle ground, they go to the extreme. However, not so great in terms of garnering public sympathy. Uh, in fact, in many respects, and it, to my frustration as well, because like ethically, I believe in their cause. Great, very, very noble. Uh, however, it's an own goal in terms of PR, especially when you have the Express and the Daily Mail and the Telegraph all over it. Uh, people... Don't like disruption, especially when they're pushing on an open door. I think most people in this country are sympathetic to the uh, the ideas of environmentalism. But when you start blocking traffic and preventing ambulances getting from A to B, you're pissing people off. Uh, It's a bit. It's a bit like a Buddhist monk setting themselves on fire after the Vietnam War. It's like everyone accepts your point. What are you doing? It's over. Like what what kind of consensus are you are you trying to create the consensus is already there uh so yeah for me mm, mixed feelings well
2: okay the situation is quite difficult for them the issue they're protesting against is the um approval of the new licensing field of new licenses for oil fields uh, to be created apparently they claim the number is somewhere within 150 um <laughs> As far as I can tell, this they chose to actually block roads because they felt that they weren't getting enough attention from blocking less disruptive routes that targeted the actual uh like, The ones who actually engage who actually uh produce oil. Like they don't they they did they moved away from just blocking access to oil uh production centers or say the uh entrances of uh oil companies because yeah, they, they felt definitely they dep- the depots and stuff to be they on gave side. they gave that a go yes. didn't
1: they? they 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 sat in front of mm. the the places where the tank has come out and didn't really have much luck with it
0: i'm guessing the cameras well, just didn't turn uh, up
2: they said i think um it depends how they do it but the point is that they feel like they need to get their message across in much in a in a, in a much more direct way so, this brings up the question is what is the best mechanism to do it, and I think that that's a very difficult position for them to be in, obviously, in the past week and a half we've had several different types of protests with uh things occurring in public property or things occurring in roads. So the issue arises is like what's the most appropriate thing when you have to strike a balance between the rights of everyday people to go about their lives and the ability for a group to express themselves and to assemble peacefully
1: yeah well this is the thing and i i mean th- so a lot of the the anger that seems to be generated for them the, with the, with, we're talking about the road blockers now where, you know the uh, this this tactic they 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 walk out across the pedestrian crossing they 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 come out and they glue themselves to the road um I, one thing that i always find remarkable is how quick Um, some of these news channels are to find them and do be doing live streams from their protests you know so again like if the aim of their protest is to get as much coverage as possible and as Alex said they they tried this outside you know a a depot in Brunswick or something and it you know doesn't get the same attention but block a block of road near trafalgar square and all of a sudden you've got um live streamers from lbc and from the bbc and from sky news and they're there within moments and all of a sudden their banner that says just stop oil and their message about the um hundred new fossil fuel um extraction licenses um is being amplified all across national tv i mean if if their aim is to get their message out there and not to garner sympathy, I mean, like Lawkin, you said, like, are oh, they not really getting much sympathy from the public? But if their aim is not to get sympathy, if their aim is simply the, the 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 single ideal of let's just get as many people to see our banner that says the words "just stop oil" as possible, then it's a successful protest.
0: I it's like a two pronged approach. I think what happened quite successfully in the last cycle of. You know, sabotage and, and, vi- and environmental militism, uh, was when they generated all the uh, all the outrage among the public and the headlines, and then they went on talk TV and GB News, and it was just someone calm and collected just explaining the situation. Made some of the presenters look like right idiots, uh, but they were able to quite eloquently put forward their position beyond that. Outrageous! Are you referring to the uh, growing concrete public nuisance uh, that they were ca- causing? Yes, concrete guy. Yeah, I was watching that again earlier, and it's just the, so good. It's his just, silence it's is so incredible I mean,
2: like that. That
0: is <laughs> when he goes, "You can't grow concrete." <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> and then just stone the rest of the interview. <laughs> yeah, like he's. Throw- <laughs> I loved it. What What I find, um I don't want to say frustrating as such but i think it does as i said earlier in many ways it's an own goal because when it came to the police crime and sentencing bill a lot of these protesters did the uh pr for patel um by de facto resulting to these methods because the public were saying to themselves well if you're being a nuisance that you deserve to be locked up screw your protest i want to get to work i can see how that might also pick up uh similar, uh, as a view, similar sympathy now when you're blocking the, the bridge. Um, so you,
2: you think there's like... So
0: yeah, it's it's, another, it's There's a backfire sticky. effect. Absolutely. I mean, no. as I said earlier, people have sympathy to environmentalism, but we, I'm going to be devil's advocate here, but I think if I was the middle ground kind of guy, you know, average worker just trying to go to work and you know, slightly informed about these issues... You'd be going to say, you're going to be saying to yourself, why the rookers, why the extremes? Britain is responsible for something like 1% of the world's uh, greenhouse emissions. Uh, put it in proportion, let me get to work and do my business. Uh, so it's, uh, well, I do see where they're coming from. And I, I, I appreciate they have to resort to these methods, but at the same time, I also see in the same kind of boat as everyone else when it's like, this is just too disruptive. It's just stupid. Well, I
2: think this raises an interesting question about what is the most appropriate means of putting yourself across when you feel like you have no alternative now i've looked into a couple of like the explanations about why people choose to block roads and it's because it causes disruption and it causes the maximum amount of well as they as they say uh as they argue the maximum amount of attention to be drawn however these arguments are rooted in history they always say this worked before, therefore it will work again. I don't think that necessarily stands up. I think simply because it worked before was because it was innovative when it was first deployed. Other types of protest that actually consider the person they're trying to appeal to will actually move them towards their position. What like changes their incentives to actually begin to sympathize with their movements is something that I think should be considered by protest movements because if we're going to go along the lines of treading old ground and you know bringing out the old the greater old hits there's a risk that people aren't necessarily going to react the same way they want so are to. they so
1: they they looking at previous what what these previous protests that they're referring to so <laughs> for example are they looking at the um, anti-apartheid movement or the the social justice movement in America, and because obviously a lot of disruptive protesting was going on well, there, they're
2: looking at that it, and going, it worked. Well, like the, the suffragettes, like um, blocked roads, and that succeeded to you know to a great extent in the United Kingdom. Um, various other like successful protests used mechanisms of blocking highways, but the world is different when that was deployed to the world now. Like a highway or a road means something different than what it did then. Today, it means getting your ambulance and allowing emergency services the ability to get to where they need to be. I think that because roads mean different things today than they once did then, protesters ought to consider whether or not blocking a highway is actually going to achieve the galvanizing effect that they desire. But this also assumes they want a galvanizing effect Ed, you suggested that the goal is to just get noticed. If that's the case, then carry on. But if the goal is to win sympathy and votes, then I think some protests have mm. been more effective than others yeah. that have been deployed recently. And that is something I think, I think that that's, to be considered. Yeah.
0: Well, let's just say this. If we were to follow all the demands and even follow earlier demands from different movements, such as in Slate, Britain... If we were to embrace everything and do everything green, I mean, it would be entirely performative uh, in respect with respect to the UK simply because we're not more the powerhouses of emissions and pollution. It's bad that we emit any at all. But what frustrates me, I use that phrase a lot. I like using that phrase, so I'll continue doing it. What frustrates me is that they're demanding concessions when the concessions are just round the corner. The Labour Party are promising one of the most revolutionary Uh, Green New Deal style style, um, arrangements in their manifesto. And they're very emphatic about what they want to do. And as a country, everyone accepts that it's incredibly important to be not only um, energy independent, but also to have that energy produced overwhelmingly by renewable sources. So what the fuck are they doing?
1: (laughs) labor, labor, Labor policy at the moment is to have 100% clean power exactly they've won 100%. Like,
0: <laughs> they're gonna be in power maybe within weeks if not some months who knows at this rate so what are they doing <laughs> like, you've won so for me when i see these people with their phones out putting clips online and causing a ruckus again it feels performative it's self-absorbed you've already won you're pushing on an open door chill out eat some hummus
1: no, well, i mean finally what the, the, just before I, I, I attempt to um to, to steer us onto a a different topic with your expertise in mind alex um obviously um they're breaking the law right well it doesn't look like leaving the um the jurisdiction of the echr is going to be on the agenda now because um truss has resigned braverman's out um, we look like we're heading towards a some kind of unity candidate, unity cabinet. Um, and what a wild, wild time it is for for British politics. So it looks like we could be dealing with the return of Boris Johnson, um, which I just, you know, like cards on the table for me um, is I just think he's absolutely mad um, that we're basically in a situation where when trying to describe British politics of the last six months um, to somebody, you basically have to say, well, we had a prime minister. He broke lots of rules. He ended up resigning. Um, A new prime minister was put in his place. She ended up resigning. And the person who she replaced um, is now coming back. And it's... Just absolutely uh, bonkers. Highly likely.
0: He's popular, really popular still among the Conservative membership. So there's even the the suggestion that the uh, 1922 committee committee may do something unprecedented in so far that they won't allow the membership to vote, just the MPs, uh, because it's debatable as to whether he'll actually be able to secure 100 votes from the party as is. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I kind of hope he wins for my own reasons because I think it would fracture the party beyond repair. There's talks of MPs crossing the floor, uh, resigning the whip, you name it. Um, and that scenario would for, for sure trigger a general election, which I think everyone with a head on their shoulders and a brain between their eyes, uh it's hoping for and, and wants and needs because we can't carry on like this. It's, it's, it's beyond the point of mm. circus. So I have no idea what the situation will be when Boris wins. Um, I know it's not a certainty, but I think it's, mm. it could happen.
1: Well, obviously they've set this this limit of 100 nominations, 100 um, Conservative MPs supporting. I mean, immediately that, you know, there are only, there are only 300 of them. So basic mass seems to say that that means there will only be two candidates because it you know is incredibly unlikely that there'll be um you know a hundred supporting um each candidate getting three so we, we we've only had one declaration as it stands so we're recording this at uh we, it's currently 10 to 9 on friday night and the only one who's properly declared right now is penny Morden. um I expect that we'll hear from Boris um tomorrow morning. He's on his flight back from the Bahamas um where he'd been um canvassing support with MPs. I mean whether he can get 100 or not I don't know in the last uh, leadership campaign which you know like was only a month and a half ago, 2 months ago, uh Sunak was the only um candidate who got more than 100 um MPs supporting him so i think the fact that so i think rishi sunak on the on the ballot is is guaranteed um and it will it remains to be seen whether or not it will be him versus boris or him versus morden that's that's the way i see what's,
0: it what's what's really fascinating is that uh, the main reason they're advocating for boris by all the excuses
1: more than reasons
0: is that they're alleging he's the only one that has a mandate to lead based on the 2019 election which is absolutely fallacious. Sounds cool, big word, mandate. Everyone loves it. But it's fallacious because he ran on a completely different manifesto. They're now looking to return to uh, austerity. And no one voted for austerity in 2019 at all. They voted for Brexit and all those delightful things uh, that Boris uh, promised. <laughs> so this notion Penny, that he
2: has mandate is. It,
1: Penny yeah. Moulding today wrote an article for The Sun or she was in The Sun or something. And her her tagline was, let's get Brexit redone. <laughs> it's sake. like, how many more times can the same grift be rerun? I mean, it appears quite a few. But my, my biggest concern with all of this, you know, I, we, we've got, I, I say my biggest concern, I've got a lot of concerns. The whole thing is, is making a mockery of our government,
2: is making a mockery of our parliamentary system. talk about whether or not boris johnson is likely to gain a nomination obviously a week is a long time in politics and i think for the next three days 48 hours is going to be um like a month however at 10 to 9 today i think it's highly unlikely that boris johnson will get the nomination um According to Sky News, he has 43 nominations, pending on 18 and 74, for Risha Sunak. Sunak has consistently gained support as the day has gone on. Forrest has remained steady from about 36 this morning and is only just about on 43.50. Now, depending on who's telling you prefer. Forrest Johnson has a number of massive hills to climb. First, what's changed since he resigned in disgrace, I can't see how any m p who has or like said they would resign or like had a, issue, wrote a letter of their confidence can realistically change their mind and not get pilloried. Some have, and I think that's a novel move because they haven't explained what's really changed in their mind since then to now, and i don't uh, I think as the uh, meme goes. Let's see how that plays out. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably Um, because nothing's
1: changed. (laughs) Nothing's changed in their mind. They're just just acting in whatever they think is their best interest.
2: I mean, there's definitely so many different ways one could look at it, but certainly I don't think that they've offered up a a sufficient explanation for this change. And I think that uh, a principled stance would be to consistently go with what you said uh, last month. Um, it's hard to believe it was under two months ago that a number of letters of no confidence went in because of his objectionable uh, appointment of Chris Pincher, and, of course, the lockdown parties and the uh, Commons uh, Privileges Committee, which has yet to release it.
0: Well, it is said that even if he did win, it would effectively be pointless because with Harriet Harman's investigation into Partygate, which is still ongoing, the Ethics Committee, I think, uh, he would be out by Christmas potentially, um, because it would be quite damning for him, and it would be unsustainable. Uh, he just—it would be completely untenable for him to uh, remain in power again, and the circus would continue. So it begs the question: How long can this fucking continue? Because everyone's had it up to their, everyone's had it up to their bloody neck.
1: But this is People this is the potential kind of um, timeline that some Labour supporters are saying would 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 basically happen, and that is that Boris Johnson returns. Boris Johnson is found to have been in breach of all kinds of ministerial rules and regulations. Boris Johnson is forced out. What, does Liz come back? I don't know
0: <laughs> It's a revolving door of prime ministers, and it's I, don't get me wrong, I love the theatrics, but it's getting to the point where it's no longer amusing, it's just frustrating and embarrassing. And people have lives and people have to contend with the cost of living crisis, the cost of energy and all these other factors. And they're playing what
1: is the parliamentary equivalent
0: equivalent of Game of Thrones. Uh, well,
1: it's just it's how far down the agenda it pushes these otherwise um, top of the agenda things, you know, so like last Last week, this week, sorry. I mean, time just political time is just not a thing anymore. You might as well just like refer to things in numbers Prime Minister 20, Prime Minister one, who knows? Anyway, sometime this week, Ben Wallace was uh, out in the States, our defense secretary, um, having uh, conversations with his defense counterparts in the States because of what's going on with Russia. In my mind, there's only a few. Topics which are important enough for defense ministers to meet in person to talk about where they know that the, the the conversation will remain as secure as possible and that's um you know what what might happen in the event of a nuclear warhead being used. That was fourth in the news agenda. Um, You've got um, in Kent um, a a report into NHS leadership finding that uh, up to 45 babies could have lived had there been um, better care provided for them at Kent NHS trusts. That's three in the news agenda. There's a child abuse inquiry going on. There's the cost of living crisis. There are stories out there that really need to be um, discussed and brought to people's attention um and they're and they're not
0: I tell you what, Ed. Ed and Alex, I don't know what your thoughts on it, but I, I think Ed's um I was about to say Ed Starmer. Keir Starmer has played a complete fucking blinder. His whole strategy has been I'm not really gonna do anything or say much. I'm just gonna sit here. I'm not gonna be belligerent. I'll just be quite stern with my my thoughts when it's appropriate, but I'm not gonna stir I'm not gonna stir the pot because the Tories are going to punch themselves in the face and they don't need my assistance. And that whole strategy was completely criticised by uh, Corbynites, the left of the party, saying he was far too passive, he wasn't saying anything or doing anything when he should have done. It's completely paid off. Uh, The polls are insane for Labour right now. It's probably... If it's not a vindication of Labour and Keir Starmer's strategy... It's a complete indictment of the Tories. Uh, or it could be both. But I'm impressed and hopeful because I, I've, I've never been so optimistic for a Labour government before.
2: No, I, I completely agree. The, what the attraction of Joe Biden was, if you don't want to think about politics every day because it's in your face, then vote for me. And that worked. Politic, we. I think generally people want politics to be boring. That mean by boring, I mean it functions effectively, not that it does nothing. There's a very big difference between um, grinding to a halt and boring. Boring is that you can just rely on it to hum pleasantly in the background, and you can live your daily life. And I think that's the appeal of Keir Starmer's Labour Party because it isn't going to try and rock the boat, but it is going to make substantial changes, such as having great British energy, which is the ability for the United Kingdom to run on renewable and sustainable energy. It is a functioning NHS. It is a functioning criminal justice system. and well, I sincerely hope it becomes a much bigger, prominent um, policy of his to ensure that the criminal justice system is properly funded because as it stands, and I'll give this plug to all the criminal lawyers who have been doing this and protesting for so long, they deserve to get paid and the courts deserve to be funded because there are trials that are going to be hurt that have been waiting to occur for over five years. That's not good for the complainant or the defendant. It's not good for all of the lawyers who have to spend so much unpaid time thinking and planning for this it needs to be done but no I believe that the world will be a lot better under a Labour government
1: Um, and I think there's an element of that for me with with what's going on in the political realm at the moment all of this you know resignations and and exciting things there was something else which you know happened j- just today which i know we were talking about earlier was krishnan guru murphy has been fired from um from channel four because he called um steve uh are you steve gonna say Baker, it? steve Barker? are you gonna yeah,
0: say the I... c word or are you actually gonna say the word
1: i am gonna say the I word think I think you should say because it. we've I we've didn't. got, we've, we've, we, well, you know, I'm quoting the esteemed journalist, Krishnan Guru Murthy. And, and in this case, I think it's, it's five for me to say it. Plus we've got an E rating on our podcast, um, which allows us to kind of make, make adult noises like that. Um, and um, it, the, the, the excitement of all this that's going on, and we should talk a little bit about Krishnan Guru Murthy, but you know, it, it does, it does, engage people in politics and i know that it's not good and i know that i'm almost completely contradicting what i was saying a moment ago but i think that um you know this trumpian biden um trussian johnson era that we're living in where everything is you know this theater of 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 politics um i hope that actually we might come out of it and say, well, it really did engage a whole load of people. But yeah, Christian Guru Murphy, what what was gobsmacked? He's not, they fired him.
0: He was apologetic immediately. Uh, I think mainly because they realised that it was aired. I don't think it was aired on television, but it was aired online. And Yeah, yeah poor guy. Is... I mean,
1: basically there was a live stream camera running. But who just who watches how- that? The weirdos. Yeah, exactly. It, well, exactly. Yeah. it just shows you how bonkers politics is at the moment. That well, there it's... was a live stream of the front door of Ten Downing Street um, and it had full audio and it picked him up um, after an interview with, um, with 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 Steve Baker saying, um, you know, what a cunt. And well I don't that know what it. the I not know Career what the
0: exchange the exchange was before then. But I think everyone these days, says well, for the most part, anyone who has the privilege of working remotely, where you have a chat with a colleague, or you get off a Teams meeting or a Skype meeting. You do sometimes say out to yourself, "What well, I can't?" I, I, it's well, a human
1: well, reaction. Steve it's Baker, had, human had, called, had, had, had said he he said it was a stupid question. That was basically the in and out of it was that um, was that there had been a, an interview or a doorstepper or whatever you want to call it. Um, And he refused to answer one of uh, Guru Murphy's questions, saying it's a stupid question.
2: Um, You know, went downhill from there. Well, okay, so this is an evolving situation. As it currently stands from the Metro, they say that he won't be reinstated. I don't quite know what that means. I don't know whether or not he's going to have a different program on Channel 4 or nothing at all, or if this is the end of his career. But certainly this has had an impact. Upon uh his ability to broadcast. And I happen to think that Channel 4 has made the right call. I um a reporter is in a unique position to act as a medium between uh events and the public. When it comes to politics, they must they have a special responsibility. They have a special responsibility for the special privileges they have. That means they've got to be as professional as possible to give the viewer a clear and I don't know about objective because that also has implications upon the type of things they can put across, but certainly a level of objectivity. And also they have to have a level of congeniality. Calling somebody a cunt, even when they were off like camera or just being like, "haha, what a cunt. Sure, I get it. He was it wasn't saying it to him, he was expressing an act of frustration. But nonetheless, the fact that he was caught and the fact that he is in a special position with special privileges means that there has to be a higher standard set for. People who are engaged for reporters in these uh, who act as mediums, and that for me, sure, go ahead. Will.
0: I would. I would. I, I was going to say I agree with you that they do have an obligation to the viewer to be objective, but they weren't talking to the viewer. And uh, I did. Uh, I did think that when he said, "Oh, he's not, gonna be, he's not going to be reinstated," a laugh of Channel Four said, "He's not going to be reinstated as a as a journalist." He's promoted. <laughs> I mean,
2: like, I was quite frustrated <laughs> with a number of commentators who said you were what are well, words to the effect of uh, you were speaking for the country. Like at the point, I think a number of people put words into his mouth at that point. And I also don't think that it's helpful if people say that calling somebody that saying that is actually. I think that adds to the divisive nature that we've all come to grow and dislike. Because what we prefer is a world in which politics is, con- is is a constructive mechanism to make the world better. It is not a factional thing where people do battle and stab each other in the back. Because that has been...
0: But is it necessarily I, factional? Because he could have, oh, no. perhaps, if someone was equally as obtuse and belligerent as Stephen Baker was on the Labour Party or the Liberal Democrat side...
2: Maybe he would have called them a cunt as well. Perhaps, that's true. I mean, maybe that's the... I do think that, yeah.
0: Maybe for balance, he needs to start calling more people cunts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
2: think that they like... Yeah, that's his new
0: TV show.
1: Uh, that's, he's not being reinstated as a journalist, but next on Channel 4, Calling People Cunts with Krishna and Guru Murphy. It's very very fair and balanced I, yeah exactly, I can totally imagine that that's the alternative Christmas message sort of <laughs> uh, yeah i do I, I do get what you're saying alex and um you know i just i I, I am always every day I, all my friends and 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 people I talk with call me you know an idealist a bit but I do think that perhaps in this case um you're being a bit too idealist. The, the The fact is that we have a the the, the president of the United States, um, sorry, the ex president of the United States, perhaps the future president of the United States, um, you know, was uh, there, there are tapes of him, um, calling women all kinds of horrible, horrible things, and it had zero effect on his credibility. Um, oh no and... quite
0: the opposite among the 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 red states they loved him they thought what an honest guy he's such a such a gym locker dude he says what's on his, on his you know in his in his brain he just can't help it it's great it's so refreshing
2: so, so when we have
1: politicians that get that reaction from from these unguarded moments it does surprise me that um that you know we're i i get what you're saying though alex i do think it probably is i can't quite believe i'm saying this but i think you've convinced me i do think it is the right thing for channel 4 to do so that they can continue to hold the moral high ground because when next time um one of our politicians says something when when next time one of our politicians has their gordon brown moment remember that bigoted woman caught on an unguarded moment on a on a microphone next time that happens because it will happen um you know the, the it would be impossible for um for christian and guru murphy to hold that politician to account um and, and not be able to accept the argument that it was just an unguarded moment given that that was the exact i just want to give props to, like a,
2: a you know for Christian, for immediately reaching out and apologizing that was very good and extreme like i highly respect that
1: on that note that's all we've got time for this week so thanks very much alex for joining us i hope you've had a, a, an interesting it's evening been really good fun chatting away with myself in Lorcan. um and thanks very much and we'll um we'll be back with you next week